Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 20, everyone. This is Drew, and I'm here with Doug. We're two av geeks and aviation professionals creating a safe space for other av geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Good day, everyone. I hope that you've had a good week and you're staying aviation tough. Um, Drew and I have been trying to stay positive, and we hope that some of the stuff that we talked about, we can send some positivity your way. And just remember that right now we're in the thick of it, but like everything, we all will get through it. This will pass, and we'll all get through it together. Yeah, we will. I mean, we we see the positive and we see, you know, we see faint glimmers of hope on the horizon as uh, we get control over this virus all over the world. And, you know, you guys, our podcast is aviation focused, but we want to let all of our, our listeners know we're thinking about all of you, wherever you're working, however you're affected by this virus, especially our partners in the travel industry, uh, hotels, restaurants, cruise industry employees. I know you all are as affected, if not more sometimes than us. So we are thinking about you and thank you for listening. Uh, we're with you. Yeah, we, uh, we received a message this week from someone who's in the hotel industry and they said that they were furloughed. So uh, really our, our hearts go out to all of you um, who, have, who have lost your jobs or who are at risk of it, not just in the travel industry, but every industry out there. I mean, this really is affecting everyone. And while we're an aviation centric podcast and travel kind of in the periphery um we're thinking about everyone and and um just hoping that you guys are are doing well and and wishing you speedy recovery as things hopefully start to open up here uh, in the next weeks or months however long it takes all right well after an exciting few weeks with guests um on back-to-back episodes which i think was the first time that we've done that uh, it's just us today huh i can just tell in your voice (laughs) How exhausting these weeks have been. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just sense that. It's, it's for me too. But um, no, you know, just talking about the positive. We had, uh, we had uh, Doug's dad on last week. And I'm smiling because I'm just thinking about that, how great that episode was. So it was a blast having your dad. Um, so you guys, if you have not listened to episode 19, please go back and listen to that. I think it's one of our best. Dale had some awesome stories. We talked about Elton 11s. We talked about you know, how it was before airline deregulation. And we even uh, we stole some ideas from him. So our agenda for these uh, shows, we just, um, you know, we just used to call it our outline. But uh, he mentioned flight plans. So that's what we're calling it now. Yeah, I don't think my dad has even listened to it yet. I keep asking him and he says, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. So um, (laughs) dad, hopefully you continue to listen to the podcast, but thanks for coming on. Something else we talked about last week, which we've talked about a lot recently is Biscoff cookies. And I hate to bring it up again, but people know that that's kind of our thing. And they keep sending us stuff on Twitter, showing pictures like, hey, I'm eating Biscoff ice cream right now and in quarantine and things like that. So it's just funny how that's kind of become a, a thing of ours well, yeah it's so ridiculous uh, but one more thing with dale that i just remembered you know i asked him from his travels like all right dale dc 10 or elton 11 and then he starts to mention he starts to mention the elton 11 and doug goes okay if you want to be back on this show <laughs> i think he retracted a little but he told us a little bit about it twa elton 11 yeah no, it, was, it was a lot of fun well before we cover our obligatory COVID 19 news we're going to start with something fun um well okay i guess it's not really 
fun necessarily. It's, oh, it's it's a fun topic for it's, me. It's yeah, it's, it's it's not fun in that another airline or another airplane type has been grounded, but we're going to turn right. it into a fun discussion about that airplane. So, Drew, what do you have? Yeah, so this is from uh, one of our listeners, Martin Hammer. Martin, we we've been meaning to talk about this for uh, episodes now, but it, our plate's been full of you know things that are going on currently. So. Um, Martin brought to our attention that another fleet type is headed to the history books, at least in Northern Europe. Um, and honestly, this hasn't been our, on our radar because this aircraft has not been in the U.S. skies since the mid-2000s and the 90s. So we just don't see it. So we don't think about it as much. We're talking about the um, Avro RJ, also known as the BAE 146, British Aerospace 146. Martin said, with Brothens, another European airline, puts to rest my most favorite aircraft of all time after my employer phased it out in uh, 2017. I miss you very much, my dear Jumbolino, which was um, a nickname they used for it. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, the Avro RJ or the BAA 146 was a little four-engine regional jet, and it felt a lot like a mainline aircraft on, on the inside. It wasn't like a CRJ 200 if you kind of picture a, um, a regional jet, uh, it looked a lot like a C-17, I guess, mm-hmm. Yeah, good. is, yeah, is good the example. best way to describe it. It's got the T-tail, the high wing, four engines. Um, you know, the saying always used to be four engines for long haul. <laughs> well, along came BAE-146, <laughs> and they said, hey, four engines for regional, for short haul. Yeah, you know, it was pretty reliable. So my... F- I was telling you that um, my experience with that was with the first airline I I worked for, West Air, which was a United Express carrier. Mm -hmm. But then I thought back, when I worked at this little general aviation outfit in Concord, California, uh, we used to do the ramp for U.S. Airways, and they flew a 146. They did, yeah. So, yeah, my first aviation jobs, both of them, involved this airplane, and I loved that airplane. It was so cute, right? But you would go in, and it was full size. You yeah, have it was, five seats across. Yeah, you know, it's like a regular f- f- first, first class. Yeah, I think yeah. Eric Air Cal flew it as well, and then uh, American, if if I remember correctly, American merged with Air Cal, so American yep. had them for a short time, and then yeah. Nor- Northwest PSA. PSA yep, mm-hmm. Northwest kind of joined the game later than the others. They they didn't get their first until '97. Yeah, they ordered in '96. Uh, I was actually reading about it. Um, they ordered in December of 96 and I got their first airplane in April of 97. Okay. So I'm wondering if, if there were some kind of spec built airplanes or other airlines had ordered them and had dropped the order and, and Northwest Airlink was able to kind of swoop in and um, Masaba was the one who operated it. But I flew on them several times with Northwest, really, really comfortable airplanes. And it was a lot of fun seeing the engines right outside the windows. It was like flying in a Dash 8 or an ATR kind of in, in that way. But like Drew yeah. said, it, it felt like a mainline airplane. You would board, and it, it felt just like a DC-9 on the inside because it was that 2-3 yeah. that seating in the back, 2-2 two, two in first class, and it was spacious. It was just it was a really comfortable airplane. Well, you mentioned the DC-9. Did you know that this plane was five inches wider than the DC-9? Really? The cabin? Yeah. No. So check this out. I, I went back, um, looked at the cabins on some of these. So in Europe, I'm not sure which other airlines, but definitely Lufthansa City Line. If you can believe this, they fit six seats across on there. Oh, wow. And looking at the pictures, regular sized people were actually, you know, spilling over each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit wider than the DC-9. 
the DC-9 slash MD-80 never had six seats across. Mm. But this one, you could do it. I can't believe they did, but yeah, they did. Interesting. Well, uh, one of my buddy's dads um, actually flew it for Masaba. He, he flew several smaller airplanes and then um, flew, D- or flew Avros for Masaba. So we, we may have to try and get him on and he can try and talk us through kind of what, what it was like and everything. Should have thought to do it for this episode, but I think that would be a fun discussion coming up. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, Martin, that it's it's <laughs> gone. I mean, it, it was a it was a goofy looking airplane, but it was it was awesome at the same time. Yeah. It was one of those like I, I don't want to say you love to hate it, but it was kind of like ooh, that's a weird plane, but I like it. But yeah, it's it grew on you, and you know it's not um, out for the count yet. It's out of Northern Europe, but it's in um, the largest carrier is in uh, Iran. It's called Mahan Air, mm-hmm. and there's a Ghanaian carrier that's flying it, and it's perfect for these markets because yeah. short field. Um, you're going to see it in California, hopefully. Um, yeah, fire during fire, fire season. Yeah. yeah, actually, I have a, a coworker who I fly with who also flies um, the the Avros uh, for the fire service. Yeah, so it's it's um, pretty cool. I mean, it's getting second life kind of in in weird places that you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Yeah. So before we leave, I just want to say, you know, when I started with West Air United Express, all of our planes were props and this was our one jet. So it literally was our queen of the skies <laughs> for West Air. So me and my buddies, we would just, we, you know, we were poor. So we were ramp, uh, we were ops employees. So we would, we would take a day trip. We would take this plane to Orange County, go have lunch, go to Reno, you know, hang out and come back just day trips on this, uh, 146. So when I think about the 146, I think of those fun times. So you would, you would fly out for lunch and then fly back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was, going, was when I was going through pilot training, we would call those fat and backs. <clears throat> what? Fat, fat and backs. And- yeah, because you would you would fly out somewhere, eat at some greasy spoon on the airfield, some yeah. big drippy <laughs> gooey burger and fries, and you would uh, do it <laughs> almost like a couple times a week, almost every single day. Yeah. Just fly out to some austere or not even austere, but some some field. Eat, eat on the field yeah. get get the car at the fbo go to some rib yeah no rib no i mean rib, rib shack no fat, i mean just fat look at the backs fan back i mean going to going to reno i mean we flew for free so that didn't cost us any money we get there and you know you go to a buffet and that's cheap right so we would get there around 10 a.m have breakfast hang out talk joke laugh and then they'd switch it to lunch and yeah. then we'd just stay for lunch <laughs> just go back through the line all right, so um, yep, BA 146. I could talk about that forever, but let's let's um, let's move on. Let's get some work done. We'll talk about um, our COVID nineteen updates, everyone. So um, we do see some faint glimmers of hope on the horizon for uh, airlines and aviation in general. So we'll start with cargo. Airlines are adding cargo flights. Just to give you um, a perspective, when the airlines grounded ninety percent of their fleets with this uh, coronavirus cutbacks. The world lost 30 to 40% of total worldwide cargo capacity. Cargo flights will add some of that capacity back with the all cargo airlines, FedEx, UPS, et cetera. They're not able to handle all this demand that's still out there. All right, so we'll start with some examples. Uh, United has already operated 270 cargo only flights, mainly on previous passenger routes to Amsterdam, Frankfurt, Brussels, London, Hong Kong, Sydney, Tel Aviv. San Juan flights just started with triple sevens out of Dulles, and uh, they expect Dublin soon. They're being flown by triple sevens and seven eight sevens. Lufthansa just added thirty five weekly flights with Austrian between Europe and Asia. And what else do we have? American is flying cargo sections from Dallas to Europe and South America. Air Canada as well. Amsterdam, London, Frankfurt, 
Seoul and Hong Kong. But my favorite one is KLM. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you want to talk about that one? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind. So really exciting stuff. KLM is bringing back two of their 747-400 combis uh, to do two weekly flights to Beijing and to Shanghai. Uh, actually, three to Shanghai. So this is awesome. Now, they're, they're not going to put passengers on it, guys. The 747 is not back for good. But KLM has still been operating in all cargo variation of the 747. So technically, the KLM 747s are not dead, but the, the passenger configurations were, and now they're back. So this is pretty cool. Um, I guess it's going to last for a couple months, I think is what I saw in the, the press release from KLM. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Cool. Really, really good news there. Um, I know a lot of airlines are actually starting to either remove seats from the main cabin and just put a bunch of boxes. Now there's not a door, so like they can't put pallets up top, but they're, they're putting a lot of boxes, medical supplies, et cetera, uh, either by removing the seats or just putting the boxes on the seats. I've seen pictures of entire A330 main decks just completely packed with boxes. Did you see that Air Canada 777 with all the seats taken out? No, I didn't. No. Oh my goodness. It's amazing how big yeah. that cabin is with no seats. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is really good stuff that uh, at least the airlines are able to do that. But like Drew mentioned, um, a lot of the cargo actually moves in airplane, in commercial airplanes. And I yeah, think a lot I of didn't people, know that. A lot I of thought it was mostly cargo airlines. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, including at least in the United States, U.S. mail. U.S. mail is mm. primarily moved by passenger airplanes i've i've seen it from the window as bags are getting loaded big mm-hmm. pallets of mail get loaded too and personal example my parents sent my daughter a gift last week or a week two weeks ago and as we were tracking it on amazon it went from the warehouse i don't know somewhere in colorado or kansas or something and it made like probably six or seven stops including some to the east coast before coming back out here and it was like five days later than what they had initially said and okay. I think a lot of that is just because they don't have the they the don't flights. have the, the flights they, they don't yeah. have the the normal routing system um, that that they would have. Now this is something we have to think about as we head towards recovery phase as well is supply yeah. supply chains. So all these companies who are supposed to be building things and and whatnot, you know, in econ we always talk about widgets. So where are the widgets coming sure. from and how are they getting here if we don't have those normal Supply, supply chains. chains exactly it's, it's going <clears> to <throat> slow things down a little bit yeah and i think that's why the world is going to slowly come back with cargo first because you know cargo doesn't care about social distancing so that stuff still needs to move china the china economy is apparently at 70 percent of normal so there's a huge demand for people and goods to move in and out of that country mm-hmm. so uh i'm hearing i don't want to say because i haven't heard anything official but i'm hearing that there are in may passenger flights u.s airline passenger flights being planned to china so we'll see yeah i mean there's a lot of companies out there that are kind of rearing to go Mm -hmm. when it comes to deals and and whatnot i mean think of the bay area think of google Mm -hmm. think of apple apple all all those companies that i mean they're they're they have people who are ready to go um when when the flag when the flag goes up and we're we're given that green light but i mean supply chain so something else that we saw this week um Boeing has said that they may end up laying off 10% of their total workforce just because of um, demand slipping for new airplanes, which I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully it's yeah. just a short, a short term thing. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But so 
I, I sent you guys pictures. We just got a new 787-10. And I'm just thinking, you know, if an airplane had a personality, it's like, um, I wonder what that plane, it, you know, if it knows what it was born into, right? Such weird times. So yeah. it's ready to fly all over the world, but we're not ready to really use it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, talking about cargo though, the new England Patriots. So they, mm-hmm. they have their own airplanes cause they, they lost their contract a year or two ago. So, uh, Robert Kraft, the owner just bought a couple of 767s and painted it in Patriots, uh, paint job. And, uh, so that that's what flies the team, but it actually flew to China and there was a really fascinating article on the wall street journal about, uh, Robert Kraft offering to purchase these masks and equipment for the state of Massachusetts and trying to get the crew, their visas, trying to get the approval to fly this airplane into China, which I mean, this yeah. crew typically just flies domestically for, for the Patriots uh, when they go to football games to us national football league team. And the crew was only allowed to stay on the ground for three hours. They were mm. China limited them to three hours. Um, yeah the crew was not allowed to leave the airplane. So they had to have people there at the airport. I think it was in Shanghai load up the airplane. And I read that they, they took off at two hours and 59 minutes after oh, landing. Wow. Oh, they flew back through, flew, flew back through Anchorage and they were able to bring 1.2 million masks to the state of Massachusetts. So uh, it's, it's just really cool kind of to see in the, these tough times, everyone banding together and humanity just stepping up and, and yeah. doing what's needed. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so that raises a question. You know, once we can fly, once U.S. carriers can fly to Asia or wherever, is the restrictions in those countries now? Will they let Americans in or will mm-hmm. they only let their their nationals in? Yeah. So it's complicated. But, you know, we're staying on the positive. So um, Viet- Vietnamese carriers were all grounded. So on the 16th of April, the two um, two domestic carriers, Bamboo Airways and Vietjet, will resume domestic flights and that's after a 15 day government social distancing order. So maybe they feel that that uh, distancing has worked and they're ready to start their domestic route network again. Um, and then we talked about this Forbes is reporting that United could restart China service soon with uh, Shanghai being the first uh, with the output increased. I know there's huge traffic between Shanghai and San Francisco just with Apple. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's huge pent up demand. I think they were sending like 50 to hundred people a day. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the analysis I'm reading is saying, Oh, demand is, is going to be kind of quelled for, for a really long time. And I get that overall that might be the case, but I know of lots of companies, lots of people who the second we're allowed to go, I, I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of hope that it's going to be a frenzy and that everyone is going to take all this pent up, um, time just sitting and waiting and just get out and travel. I mean, I, I texted you this week, Drew, and I said, I'm 100% willing. I haven't told my wife this yet, but I'm 100% willing to drop a couple days of paid time off, drop a couple hundred bucks and just go fly just somewhere. Go someplace. Just, yeah. Just, just go as it. much as we can. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell her later. She doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Uh-uh. So I'm not going to get in trouble. Oh, well, I got, uh, yeah, well, uh, okay. Well, Robbie does listen sometimes. uh, That's my partner. So don't worry, Robbie, I'll go by myself. I'm I'm not making Drew do anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be, it's all him. It's not me. But uh, having said that, I may ask him for a hall pass. You know, we we saw that there's an MD-90 still flying with Delta and it's flying from Atlanta to Dulles right now. Gets in in the evening. It leaves in the morning. So I'm thinking, 
maybe I'll do a quick turn. I'll leave in the morning and come back and check that off my list. Yeah. Well, that was, our, that was a fine list. Our friend Nate texted me last night and said that he, um, he saw somewhere that um, 10, apparently 10 mad dogs are mm-hmm. going to survive on the backside of this. And I know we've talked about that a little bit, so I, I don't know how, how good the sources are, but fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, just uh, for our listeners, uh, just backtrack a little bit. So Doug has already written the obituary for the for the <laughs> Delta MD-8090, but then we got some news that they may still operate. So now we're getting more um, confirmation. So that's good. So you guys in the U.S., if you want to fly an MD-80, MD-90 by a U.S. carrier, you better hurry. I, I know I'll be booking my seat as soon as I can. Yeah, and I'll try and join you. All right. Uh, I, th- I think we should probably wrap up the COVID and move on to some some fun stuff. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we we played a couple games this week on on Twitter, some ad geek games we were calling them. But before we get into that, we just want to acknowledge some of the feedback that we've received over the last week or two. And first was a message from someone named Max Cradleman. He said, hi, my name is Max. I'm a big ad geek. Love your podcast. Hope you guys are keeping well during this unprecedented time. I currently work in aviation myself and find your podcast refreshing, insightful, and truly entertaining. I've loved the recent podcast with Doug's dad as a guest, even though the industry and flying have been severely impacted. I look forward to each episode. Stay safe. And then he went on to ask a couple questions, which we'll get to here in a sec. Uh, then we also have uh, Tyler. His uh, handle is at T Crook Airways on Twitter. Awesome pictures. He has a lot of followers, beautiful pictures with the Arizona background and airplanes landing in Phoenix. He said, I like the positive outlook you two have. A lot of media seems so negative that it gets to be too much. Constructive criticism is just fine, but just to say airlines are bad without leaving ideas to fix the problem is not helpful. That's what I like about Ryan and his team and how I first found your podcast. Keep up the good work. And then I also have one of our new listeners, Nolan. Hey, Nolan, shout out to you. Um, he goes by at Nomid16. Uh, he sent an awesome tweet uh, with a picture of his car radio showing Next Trip podcast playing. And then he said, Oh yeah, it's going to be a, an awesome commute home. So thank, <laughs> thank you so much, um, Nolan. You know, I you know I'm laughing because I'm I'm happy that so Doug and I are happy doing this because we enjoy this. But we're, it also makes us happy that other people like Nolan, Tyler, um, Jason, my friend Mark, my friend Neil, you guys are listening. And if this is brightening your day a little bit, that's all we need. If we only have ten lists, we have more than ten. But <laughs> even if we only had you guys. <laughs> We would still do it because it's so much fun and it's providing something positive for you guys too. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, all right, getting back to Max and a couple of questions he asked. So he he asked about repatriation flights. So for those who don't know, people who get stranded in overseas locations or even domestically and they're not able to get back because say an airline folds um, or airlines get grounded, which was the case, borders closed, et cetera, they have what we call repatriation flights, which is airlines who step up they fly to these places, they pick up the passengers and they, they bring it back. So it may not be passengers who are booked on the specific airline that they're flying on. So his question was, when people come back in a repatriation flight, who gets to sit in first class? Um, so I thought that was a, that was a great question. Good question. Um, I did a little digging. I haven't been able to find anything from this massive round of repatri- repatriation flights. I know that when Thomas Cook folded at the end of last year, that was the largest peacetime repatriation since World War II. This mm. is going to, I, I mean, this is going to take the cake. I, I h- hope and highly doubt that this will ever be topped by 
the number of airlines around the world who are repatriating people right now. But what I was able to find was when Thomas Cook folded and the UK paid to repatriate the citizens, sounds like it was just a luck of the draw. The seats were assigned randomly. I read a couple articles, uh, I think, in The Sun, and I don't remember where else, saying that um, there was a Malaysian A380 that was doing some of the repatriation flights from Spain, and people ended up in Malaysian first class. Mm. Um, Now, I'm guessing the soft product, so the food and and service, was no different than the rest of the airplane, but at least you get a a nice lay-flat seat. Yeah, well, I'll give you an example of that, where it's very democratic. So that delivery flight, you know, it was like, all right, who's going to get business? Who's going to get economy? And so this is a delivery, 787 delivery flight I was on. And it was completely democratic. It was just random. But then they had a raffle for the business class. So at the dinner the night before, there was a raffle. And I didn't win, but I didn't really care because this is not going to be a flight where I'm going to lay flat or watch two movies. Everyone's up and about drinking champagne. And as far as the meal service, it was first class all across the board. Mm-hmm. So there was no difference. And I'm yeah. thinking these charter flights, it would be similar. Yeah. It would be the same. But I did um, talk to one of our charter coordinators. Mm-hmm. And this is a good question I asked her. It's like, all right, so how do these teams decide who gets to sit where? So it, there is a hierarchical system. So their travel coordinator decides who sits where. But generally, um, their general manager would sit in first class, their primary doctors, head coaches and whomever is their designated team captain so that would basically be you know one of the few players that are mm-hmm. actually in first but then the rest of them sit in economy in general yeah and i i can say um kind of from from my side of things i have a couple of friends who i went to school with um i saw them post on facebook a year or two ago they were on a um a military charter coming back from somewhere and it, it was actually a united 747 hmm. uh so this was before the end of 2017 um they posted a picture in the upper deck and it said hey remember that time that we were able to sneak on the airplane first and snag those great first class <laughs> seats in the hump mm-hmm. so i'm i'm guessing that on that flight it was just kind of first come first serve um i, I don't know yeah. if that's how all i'm sure every airline probably runs it differently for some of those charters but so our our crews loved doing those military charters and mm-hmm. you know you would i would think that they'd be rowdy because you know they're going home and they're on yeah. you know they're on leave but no so the flight attendants said they were so polite it was ma'am sir mm-hmm. they loved doing those you know and the and the public service of course yeah yeah actually i have a family friend who uh who did one of those flights um he deadheaded over to the middle east somewhere hopped around on an A330 on a couple short flights and deadheaded home. And uh, I think he flew Emirates first class on both deadheads and got oh my got paid for it and then flew the airplane around a little bit and he mm-hmm. loved it. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not surprised that crews love those kind of flights. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, they're, they're U.S. military, so they probably get really good service from yeah. the crew. Yeah. Okay. So want to go to our games? Yeah, let's do it. This was fun. So Doug created two great games. They were so much fun. Um, so let's see, uh, what are the games we had? So um, actually, why don't you tell us? We had you had two games that you created. Yeah. So the Twitter. the first one that that we came up with. Um, now I, I have to admit this wasn't. I didn't come up with these. I just put an AvGeek spin on them. So I'd seen these games on social media, but I, I came up with the Av, AvGeek spin that we hadn't seen. So. The first one was we asked people to ask what airlines they were the CEO of based on a series of easily answered questions. So uh, the, uh, real quickly, the first iteration gave us way too many CRJ 200 airlines. Mm-hmm. So we kind of tweaked it a little bit. But in both iterations, 
your birth month was where your main hub was. So we gave 12 different hubs. And then the number of cups of coffee that you had had to that point that day was the type of network that you operate. And then in the first version, your birth decade was the type of fleet that you had. And that's where uh, it showed that we have a lot of listeners born in the 1980s because CRJ 200s were the 1980s. So we switched it up and we said, um, we gave 10 different airplane types and we said the last digit of your birth year, that was your airplane type. Yeah, so we had a lot of good um, responses. Nate, uh, one of our listeners, uh, had a DFW, Dallas-based airline, flying 11 CRJs domestically. Um, maybe my airline could be called melancholy our motto at least you're flying (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then ironically our resident american fan board to the left uh shout out board to the left uh he was running a global leading airline out of dfw operating 31 triple sevens and 787 so it sounds exactly Mm -hmm. like his uh airline of choice (laughs) yeah that was kind of funny fitting yeah and then uh robbie sales another follower said uh this is so inspiring and then we were not sure if he was referring to our game or his airline. Probably the game because he's flying CRJs out of Miami on a domestic network, which sounds horrible. Yeah, that's um, not inspiring and, at all. And then Justin, um, who was a guest on our show recently, um, he said uh, the most miserable airline with the most miserable passenger experience ever, hubbing out of Midway with eight CRJ 200s. Gross. Uh, we also must have had a lot of September birthdays because a, a couple people, uh, a couple listeners, both Mark, Greg, and some others uh, were CEOs of another Dallas-based operation. So Dallas is, I guess, what we did for September. Uh, and they were both running baby buses, so A320s, A319s, A321s domestically across the U.S. So again, that sounds a lot <laughs> like like a certain airline based in Dallas. Yeah, and a really good response was from Srivatsa Udupa. He said, of all the days I drink at least one coffee, this day I had none. So here it goes. I'm CEO of a regional airline with four triple seven seven eight sevens based out of Miami. So he didn't drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah, day, running so. running triple seven so Orlando <laughs> and Jacksonville. Um, and then finally, Omni Snoozer was kind of like that too. He was running a bunch of seven forty sevens regionally out of Miami, and I think I remember he said, "What am I, Avatar Airways, the <laughs> su- supposed domestic U.S. startup with mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 400s. Avatar. Yeah." yeah. All right, so what what was yours? Okay, so then we get to Doug and mine. And, you know, of course, we always overthink everything. So on the second round, I got A350s out of Payne Field. And uh, you guys, I have an idea. I think this would really work. So A350s, this is going to be focused around non-revs, right? Because let's think about non-revs for a change. So it's going to be called non-rev air. We're flying A350s, which non-revs love. Everyone gets an ID 50, which is 50% off the full Wi-Fi. So we'd still make some money because that's some good, you know, half the full Wi-Fi is still a lot. The difference is the non-revs and the Boeing, Airbus, Embraer employees get boarded first based on their seniority. Once the plane is full, we have no more seats. Um, It's okay if you have to bump people because they're non-revs. So they don't get anything. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, non-rev air, when you can't get out, we will get you there. And our motto is going to be, we clear you first. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, the spreadsheet guy in me is going crazy with that idea. But you know oh, what? No, think about it. It's, ID it's 50. Game. Those are good fares. It's a game. Uh, who cares about spreadsheets? We're, we're just having fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, mine was, uh, I was running a, a global leader uh, out of Miami flying CRJ 200s. <laughs> now, why would you get a CRJ 200? I thought it was by, oh no, could, this is after you changed it. 
Well, I don't remember what it was after we changed it, but the first one, that's, that's what I got. Now I, I, so I randomized everything when, when mm-hmm. I set it up, I just put a randomizer in Excel to come up with which, which decade and, and which month had the different hubs. So, um, I would hate to fly from Miami to Narita on a CRJ 200 via, oh, I don't know, probably what Atlanta, Memphis, um, Kansas oh, City, got- Billings, Yukon, <laughs> uh, Anchorage. Yeah, you got the worst <laughs> combination. So, okay, so that proves that this contest wasn't fixed if the creator gets uh, CRJ 200s yeah. out of there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that, that was a fun game. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, the next game, though, was an adaptation of another game that's been circling around. Uh, so it includes an image with several logos, and then it requires you to choose some number of them. And so we, we took a bunch of airlines that were no longer around. Now, okay, we get it. Some of these airlines have been merged with others. We're just talking about that airline, the logo, the logo in, in the yeah. time that it was operating. The branding. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we had a dozen airlines. We said, which three airlines would you bring back? So what were the choices, Drew? Yeah, so number one was Reno Air, which I used to work for. So that was, of course, one of my choices. Then we had Northwest, TWA, Midwest Airlines, AirTran, Continental, ATA. Eastern, Pan Am, U.S. Air, Aloha, and America West. Yeah, so overwhelmingly, TWA and, and Pan Am were kind of the, the top two, and I wasn't really that surprised yeah. by it, I would say. Um, Greg Peterson, one of our listeners, actually aggregated everything, so thanks, Greg, for taking the time to do that. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, um, you can be on the payroll now. We both get paid zero, so that'll yeah. be your salary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll kick, kick you over some, but... Um, TWA and Pan Am both had over 75 Pan Am actually had over a hundred and then Northwest was, um, about halfway down the list or it, it was number three, but it had just shy of 50 and then everyone else was pretty much around the same. But, um, a, a couple big takeaways that Drew and I had was very few for continental, which was kind of surprising. True. I wonder why that is. Maybe because there's not. There's probably not as many continental employees as pan. You know, past employees as TWA. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think you know those are more iconic. Pan Am and TWA, they're more I- iconic than mm-hmm. continental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if if United had gone with a different logo after the merger, if continental would have a little bit more nostalgia because in a way, in a way it seems like continental is still kind of around. Yeah. And I mean, it was continental leadership initially after Mm -hmm. the merger. Yep. Same logo. Yeah. A few people pointed that, pointed that out. They said, well, America West technically is still around. American just kept the name, but it's still America West, uh, in leadership and, and whatever. Um, we had a lot of write-in votes. So listen, guys, uh, and, and a lot of people said, hey, you didn't include European or uh, other worldly airlines. So watch out this week. We're going to do some more coming up. <clears throat> Don't worry. We'll, we'll try and do our best. And guys, come on. It's, it, was, it was a game. <laughs> like, it was just supposed to be fun. Some people, uh, I feel like, took offense that we didn't include a couple airlines, including well, Reno. Reno Air. Some someone said Reno. Seriously, you wouldn't have gone with someone else. So I, I let well, you. Yeah. I let you handle that one. No, there's gonna be some hate mail, and we're ready for that. I mean, I'm kind of upset that Reno Air was last place. I mean, have you guys tried Reno Air? And when it was around, it was the best thing since since uh, sliced bread. It was the we were winning the West over was our motto, and then we were bought by American, and then it, it was gone. But um, Doug, we have to do another American one too because there's a lot that we missed. Piedmont, yeah. Ozark, you know, Piedmont, P- PSA. Uh, PSA, yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Air Cal, 
What about yeah. Air Cal? I'm surprised we didn't get any Air Cal people saying, yeah. what about me? What about us? I mean, full honesty, I was sitting on a couch at four o'clock in the morning drinking some coffee when, <laughs> when, when I came up with that. Mm-hmm. So I just grabbed for straws and <clears throat> took, took a dozen uh, that I thought people would enjoy. So look for yeah. a couple more games like that coming up and really good feedback. So that was a lot of fun to kind of get engaged with some of our listeners and, and whatnot. So thanks everyone to, uh, to those who, who played along. All right, guys, something that we're looking at possibly doing in the next week or two um, is having a listener episode. So inviting a bunch of listeners to come on. We have to figure out what the ground rules are going to be and and how we kind of manage a a big Zoom call or if we do it individually. Um, But I I don't know, Drew, you you think this is something that people would enjoy doing, having a bunch of listeners come on? Oh, yeah, I think it's a great idea because, uh, you know, we keep saying this show is for you. We want to discuss topics that are important to you. So we have uh, several followers on Twitter, so they get a direct line to us and we talk about stuff that they want us to talk about, right? But some of you are not on Twitter, so that's okay. So um, Doug, how do you want them to reach out to us? I mean, via Twitter on Next Trip Podcast or I would send say us an email? The, or... the easiest because Twitter kind of gets lost in all the shuffle um, and you and I have been trying to take kind of strategic breaks from Twitter as well. So I would say that the best yeah. way would be email us um, at so it's nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com if you're interested in doing this. So shoot us an email there. We'll uh, we'll get back to you and, and let you know kind of a time and a place and what the ground rules are. But um, honestly, like it, we're really excited about trying to do something like this. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to have people yeah. on and kind of have a listener-led discussion. Um, so let us know if you guys are interested and, and look for that in the next week or two and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode, everyone. Uh, We are one week closer to this thing being done. And I know everyone's telling you this, but, you know, as a planet, we can really fix this by individual action. So please stay home, wash your hands, you know, stay six feet away from people if you have to go out. Um, But most importantly, you know, stay positive. Keep using that uh, hashtag. We have aviation tough. We'll look for that and we'll quote whatever you say. And uh, your posts are encouraging to us and we enjoy doing this. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining us again this week. See you next week. And remember, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast. So I told Marissa I was going to come in here and do my voice exercises. Mm-hmm. She she's like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "You do." No. I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I'm like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> da 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 yeah, da. We should. Uh, uh, uh.